Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to Hope for Your Heart. So glad that you're joining me today because we're talking about the third part on how to have peace. And the Bible talks about peace, and it's not the absence of conflict. Peace is a solid assurance, even when things are going wrong. Well, there once was a young man from Chicago who went down to the bluegrass regions of Kentucky, where he met and wooed a young woman who ultimately came back to Chicago as his bride. They enjoyed three lovely years of marriage. And then one day, in the midst of sickness, a seizure of pain, the young woman lost her mind. When she was at her best, she was a bit demented, but at her worst, she would scream and neighbors complained because the screams cut the air and it was hard to live with. And so this young businessman left his home in the middle of Chicago, went out to the western suburbs, built a house, determined that there he would try to nurse his wife back to health, back to sanity again. Well, one day the family's physician suggested that perhaps if we were able to take her back to her Kentucky home, that something in those familiar surroundings would help her to restore her sanity. And so they went back, back to the old homestead. Hand in hand, they walked through the old house where the memories hung on every corner. They went out to the garden. They walked down by the riverside where their first cowslips and violets were in full bloom. But after several days, nothing seemed to happen. So defeated and discouraged, the young man put his wife back into the car, and they headed back to Chicago. When they got close to the house, he looked over and discovered that his wife was fast asleep. It was the first deep, restful sleep that she had had in many weeks. When he got to the house, he lifted her from the car, took her inside, and placed her on the bed, and realized she wanted to sleep some more. So he placed a cover over her and then just sat by her side and and watched through the midnight hour, watched until the first rays of sun reached through that curtain and touched her face. The young woman awoke, and she saw her husband seated by her side. She said, I seem to have been on a long journey. Where have you been? And that man, speaking out of days and weeks and months of patiently waiting and watching, said, My sweetheart, I've been here, right here, waiting for you all this time. And if you would ask me, where is God? The answer is very much the same. He's right here, right here, waiting for you to respond with love to His love, waiting for you to respond with trust to His promises, waiting on you to cast yourself in reckless abandonment upon His grace, and waiting for you to discover what it means to be loved by God. Well, today we are talking about how to respond to the message of peace. You see, you have an option. You have a choice. You don't have to receive the message of Christ. You can reject it. When Jesus came onto the scene and came onto the world, he reminded us that many are not going to enter into the narrow gate. That narrow gate is a gate that very few walk through. But he says the broad gate, that is the gate that leads to destruction. And many will follow that. So the message of the gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. It is a message of God in bringing peace to us. And many will reject that message. But my prayer is that you will receive that message, the message of hope, 
And even if you receive it and you accept it with some reluctance, I want you to know, you don't have to have it all figured out to be a follower of Christ. As we go back to the Christmas story yet again, and I love how the account is given to us in Luke chapter 1, where we see that Mary was reluctant to accept the news that she was going to be the mother of Jesus. We discover that her cousin was six months pregnant. I mean, Elizabeth is having a miraculous birth. She is old and she's about to give birth to John the Baptist in her old age. And we discover that Mary is greeted by an angel. And the angel comes to her and says, Greetings, Mary. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, Mary was troubled at these words. And she wondered how this could be true. And so the angel says, Hey, Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. And that's where we find peace, when we're at favor with God. You know, I've given up trying to be at peace with everyone. The Bible is clear that as much as lies within me, I'm to strive to have peace with all, but it's impossible. There's some people that don't want to live at peace with you. But here we discover that Mary found favor with God, and the angel tells her she's going to give birth, and she's going to have a son, and she's to call him Jesus. And Jesus is going to be great, and he's going to be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he's going to reign over Jacob's descendants forever and ever, and his kingdom will never end. And here we are 2,000 years after the birth of Christ, still talking about his kingdom. 2,000 years from now, we'll be still talking about his kingdom. But Mary asked, how is this going to be? I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One that's going to be born is going to be called the Son of God. And so Mary pondered these things. And with reluctance, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. You know, I love the patience of God with honest doubt. You know, when you think about honest doubt, many people have dishonest doubt. They don't want to be confused by the facts. But here Mary takes this message from the angel. And she says, I don't understand how this is all going to happen, but I'm going to believe it. May your word be fulfilled. As we look at the story of the coming of Jesus, we also see that some immediately responded. We looked at this yesterday, and we looked at the life of Joseph. And Joseph, when he was having this dream, the angel appears to him. And in his dream, the angel says, now, Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. Yes, she's going to expect a baby. And what is this baby? It's a conception from the Holy Spirit. She's going to give birth to a son, and you're going to give him the name Jesus because he's going to save people from their sins. And so Joseph, when he wakes up, he immediately does what the angel commanded him to do. He immediately takes Mary home as his wife. And so we discover that some reject the gospel. Some receive it with a little bit of doubt. Others receive it, and they accept it. And they accept it immediately. But there's one other group that we want to look at today from the Christmas story that ties in with the message of peace. That is the shepherds. You see, some not only receive it, but they boldly proclaim it. They couldn't help but to tell others about it. 
And let's pick up the story in Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse number 8. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified, and I reckon I would be too. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I've got some good news for you that's going to cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this is a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and got into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen, which were just as they had been told. Now, I love the response of these shepherds. I mean, I get a picture in my mind of these shepherds being confronted with these angels and they're singing and singing glory to God in the highest. And they're learning that this baby that has been born is right there in Bethlehem. And they're just on the hillside on the outskirts of Bethlehem. Now, there wasn't a lot of people living in Bethlehem at this time, maybe a thousand people. But it was swelling in its population because of all those who had come to pay tax to Caesar. And these shepherds, make no delay. They boldly proclaim that Christ is here. And they make their way to Bethlehem, and they go and they worship the child lying in the manger. Now, I love this because uh, they didn't put any punches. Now, we know that the wise men, they saw the star in the east, and they started coming to worship the Christ child, but it probably took them several months to get there. But these shepherds, They're on the fields nearby, and they immediately go to worship the Christ child. And not only did they go and worship Christ the child, but they began to glorify him and praising God for all the things that they had heard, all the things that they had seen. So they became the first to testify of the birth of Christ. Now, as we look at this praising God, I want to hone in on Luke chapter 2, verse 14 where it says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace to whom favor rests. Now notice that peace comes after praising. So we praise God in the highest, and then peace comes to us on whom God's favor rests. Uh, So we learn a couple of things here about having the peace of God upon us. We learn, first of all, it is given to those Whom's got the favor of God resting upon them? Those who know Christ, know peace. Somebody would say this know Jesus, know peace, right? K N O W, Jesus, know Jesus, K N O W, peace. You see, when we know Christ, then we have peace. As we praise him, 
then we get more of that peace. There's something about praising God no matter what comes our way. So I want to give you just a couple of things, three ways in which you can have continuous, ongoing peace. Number one, intentionally focus all on Christ. Now, if you're like me, maybe you struggle with this one, right? I struggle with ADHD. It's a terrible thing. And so I've got to intentionally focus all on Christ. Paul put it this way to the Galatian believers. He says, I've been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live. Christ lives in me. The life that I live now, I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So Paul is telling us here that we are no longer alive to our own passions, to our own desires. Christ lives in me. Now, if Christ is living in me, and he is the Prince of Peace, then I also have peace residing in me. I'm not going to be following the desires of this flesh because I've been crucified with Christ. Those desires are no longer controlling me. You know why we lose our peace? We lose our peace because something gets out of our control, or so we think. We're control freaks, right? They're not doing what I want them to do, so I am losing my peace. That's it. I'm out of here. They're not doing what I want to do. I'm leaving. You can leave, but the peace will not be taking up residence within you because you're going to still be out of control. We only experience peace when Christ lives in me. Now, that's a step of faith, believing in the Son of God, continuously believing that the Son of God can give you peace. So intentionally focus on Christ all the time. You know, whenever a problem comes in my way, I've discovered that every solution goes back to Jesus. Every solution goes back to him. And when I'm feeling like things are unsettled, it's because I'm not taking everything back to him. I'm not trusting in the Lord with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind. I'm leaning on my own understanding. And as a result of doing that, I lose peace. This is a great understanding of the sovereignty of God. God is God and I am not. When I try to be God, I lose peace because things quickly get out of my control. I want you to know that God is still in control. And we're looking at this crazy day in which we live in, and God is still in control. You know, as I'm recording this broadcast, um, I've received a couple of text messages from people on my prayer chain and people that are in my small group. And and, and apparently in the city of Chesapeake, they're now trying to, and, and one of the schools in Chesapeake, offer a club that is geared towards Satan worship, a Satanist club. I want you to know God is still in control. God is still on the throne, even if they have a club that is designed for those who want to worship Satan. I personally believe that they're not going to get a whole lot of traction with that. And if they do permit that club, I don't think they should. But if they do, I don't think it's going to be lasting very long because I think it's just going to die on the vine. I mean, what parent rightfully would want their kid to sign up for a Satanist club? I personally think it's not going to get much traction, but that doesn't mean we don't do the right thing. We do the right thing by opposing it, and then if it goes ahead into existence, uh, we pray for its demise, right? I remember years ago when I was in, in Chicago. I was doing a ministry in Chicago, and, and as I'm in this ministry, there was, a, there was a building that was next to us, 
and let's call it a business of ill repute, right? And uh, this particular business uh, that was trying to get started, of course, the, the church had concerns, right? I mean, here you have a church, and they want to have this business, I mean, almost touching the church. There's a little alley between the church and this business. Well, the church prayed against that business, prayed that it would not succeed. Uh, we tried to convince them that that wasn't a good location, tried to encourage them to go somewhere else uh, with that particular business, and, and we couldn't convince them. And, you know, just before that business was about to start, a strange thing happened. That business caught on fire and gutted that building. Uh, everything inside that building was just blown out uh, because of the flames. And, you know, the amazing thing about it, the owners of that business tried to blame the church for that fire. Now, the church had nothing to do with it, and the church had absolutely nothing at all to do with it, but they wanted to put the blame on the church, thinking, well, the church didn't want us here, so maybe they set this thing on fire so we couldn't have this business. Well, like I said, uh, the church had nothing to do with it. There was a no shred of evidence. Uh, It ended up being an electrical fire that burned that building. So in that case, God is still in control. God can raise things up. God can tear things down. God can open up doors that no man can open. God can shut doors that no man can shut. Our job is to be intentionally focused on Christ. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. When I'm intentionally focused on Christ, I will be at peace. Okay, so here's the second way to constantly live in peace. We talked about intentionally focusing on Christ. Number two is constantly meditating on God's Word. Colossians chapter 3 says this, Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So Paul gives us this command that the Word should dwell in us richly or should dwell in us deeply. And when that happens, we have wisdom. Then we have that ability to admonish one another. And how do we do that? With God's Word, the psalms, and also with hymns and spiritual songs. And then we are singing in God's grace fills our hearts to the Lord. So constantly meditating on God's word. Thy word have I hid in my heart, said David, so that I might not sin against you. Psalm 105, 119 says, the word of God is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And so we have a wonderful opportunity to remain at peace when we apply God's word consistently in our lives. So focusing on Christ all the time, consistently meditating on God's Word. And then number three, constantly walking in the Spirit. Paul says to the Galatian believers, and and says it to us as well, since we're living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Okay, we're living in the Spirit. We're to follow the leading of the Spirit, not compartmentalizing, but in every part of our lives. So this means in who I marry, where I work, how I think, how I spend my money, all parts of my life are impacted by this walk in the Spirit. If we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You see, the lust of the flesh will lead to death and destruction, but if you walk in the Spirit, you live the abundant Christian life. You will live at peace. And so I want to encourage you to memorize a verse. 
Isaiah 9, 6 is a verse that I think every Christian ought to be well acquainted with and ought to even go ahead and memorize this verse, right? Because as we think about how to live at peace, we've got to know that God has given us a prince of peace. And this prince of peace is given to us by the Lord himself. Isaiah says, Isaiah 9, 6, unto us a child is born. That's the Christ child is born. But it's not just a birth of a child, but it's a a son, the son of God that is given to us. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. I'm so glad that the gospel message is a message of a gift of salvation. It's given to us. We can't earn it. Uh, We can't work hard enough to gain it. We don't deserve it. It's a gift that is given to us. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only begotten son. And then Isaiah says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So have you lost your peace today? You're all out of sorts. Uh, You just listened to the news broadcast, and and I tell you what, it won't take long for you to get into a, a blue funk. But I want to encourage you today, focus on the fact that our God is wonderful. Ah, that wonderful name of Jesus. There's something about that name. He is a wonderful Savior. I'm so glad for the wonder of Christ and the wonder of the Christmas season. Listen, when you start to feel out of sorts, just focus on the fact that God is so wonderful. He's so wonderful to me. He's so wonderful to you. And secondly, He is our Counselor. Sometimes we lose our way, and and we need a counselor. And I remember many years ago, I was going through a really difficult time, and and I went through about a year of of depression, and and I found a wonderful counselor in Christ, and I found a wonderful counselor who was a biblical counselor that really helped me navigate through that time. And I'm indebted to my Lord for constantly giving me good counselor. I'm indebted to this counselor that was a good Bible counselor. Uh, Our Lord is a wonderful counselor. Do you do you need some help today? Uh, do you need some guidance today? Call upon the name of the Lord. He is that wonderful counselor. Then he is that mighty God. I'm so glad to report that there's nothing that our God cannot solve. He's not a weak God. He's not a God that is lacking direction or lacking initiative. Uh, He's not a God without any strength. He is mighty. He is the mighty God. He is mighty to save. And then he is the everlasting Father, a Father who has no beginning no end. He will always be a father to those who put their faith and trust in him. He is the everlasting father. And then, last but not least, he is that prince of peace. Oh, as he resides within us, we are filled with that peace that passes all understanding. Well, I hope you join me tomorrow in the broadcast because tomorrow I'm going to be talking to you about not only the the joy that we have or the peace that we have, we're going to be looking at the joy. Now, what is the difference between a Christian who is attacked and still has his joy versus one who is attacked and their joy turns into bitterness? The difference is a spirit-controlled, a spirit-surrendered believer. 
You see, both having life everlasting, but not all are living with the abundant Christian life. Jesus said, you know, the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But he has come to give us life, to give us life in the fullest. So join me tomorrow as we talk about how do I respond when my joy is attacked? The gift of joy. Well, I hope that you have a very Merry Christmas, and I hope that you will come and worship with us at Hickory Ridge Community Church Christmas Eve at 3 o'clock, Christmas Eve at 5 o'clock. 3 o'clock is our drive-in service. 5 o'clock is inside candlelight service. We're going to have a lot of great worship times. Uh, We're going to have a great message about the Christmas story. And we also have some coffee for you. The Peak Coffee Truck will be there. And then come join us on Christmas Day at 10 o'clock. Now, I know a lot of churches are not having church this Christmas because Christmas falls on a Sunday. I don't know why we want to stay home on the birth of our Savior, but we're going to have one service on Christmas Day. Love to have you come join us Christmas Sunday at 10 o'clock. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. If I can help you with anything, here's my number. Shoot me a text, okay? 252-267-2365. 252-267-2365. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 1030 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.